This is Chelsea West, and you are listening to Foot of the Cross. I actually used my uh, married name today. That's different, but um, it is on my driver's license, so I don't want to get you confused about who you're listening to. I just want to wish everyone a happy Friday, and a happy Friday to me as well, because I accomplished something that I have been working on for a long time, so I owe myself a big pat on the back, wish I could still turn around to do so, but at the moment I can't because I still have that belly weight from that miscarriage. (laughs) But I am working it off, and I am looking better, feeling better, and I hope that you are too. I hope that from listening to my sessions that the Good people of America that have heard my podcast are working on building their faith and waking up in the morning and doing what I'm telling you to do and taking my advice seriously. Because if you wake up in the morning and say, hey, I'm going to feel great today and you keep that attitude and yes, there might be some bumps in the road where Maybe you have started uh, spring cleaning your house, so to speak, because we always do it in the winter time. Summer clothes go out, winter clothes go in, and we put it in a shed. So we do a type of cleaning, and sometimes I overpush myself, but I tell myself mind over matter. And on top of that, you've got God on your side. So you say, God. I need you to help push through, help me to push through, and I thank you, Father God. I am well, and I am not going to back down. I am not going to allow Satan to celebrate on my behalf of feeling miserable. I am going to make him miserable by winning, and that's how we win. That is our battle in the spiritual world. And if so many people would just get that, would just get that, do you know what we could do if everyone knew that we really and honestly had that kind of power? Because Satan He can only really work with our minds. And now that is a lot because he prompts us. He manipulates us. He comes in disguises and brings people into our lives to screw our lives up. Okay? But as a Christian... Filled with the Holy Spirit, you are supposed to pick up on these things... And be uh, kind of an intuition, so to speak, as a woman or man, and think to yourself, do I need this person in my life? Having friends is great. Having acquaintances is okay. But let's, for example... A drug addict that's never going to get better and doesn't want to hear anything you have to say about the Lord. Don't hang around them. 
It's pointless. You are wasting your time. Now, if you take them dinner once in a while because you know they're hungry, or if you give them that extra blanket, God will reward you in heaven. But staying friends with them and keeping them in your circle is a bad idea. And that's what I want to talk about today. I'm going to go ahead and be very honest about what I'm excited about and why I deserve to pat on the back. I faced this week. And what is phasing, you ask? Well, at the methadone clinic, you have to pass a certain amount of drug tests, go to a certain amount of drug classes in their building under their watch, log in so many hours with your counselor before you are able to take any of the methadone home at the methadone clinic. And even then, they have a number that you call so that they can say 1608, bring your medicine in for count. And then when you take your medicines in randomly, you're expected to also give a random drug test. And they count your medicines to make sure that you're not selling them or maybe doubling up on your medicine. And they're not going to do that for me because I'm only getting Saturdays and Sundays and they close between 8 and 9 in the morning. So there's no point. But once I start getting more than two days of take-homes, they will start doing that. And... You know what? It puts me in check. Today they counted my Xanaxes as well. And you know what? That That's one more thing that I do need as a 35-year-old who goes through stress. And I'm not saying that I go through more stress than a lot of people. But I, but I do go through more stress than most. And having just lost my fiancé, having gone through the miscarriage and stuff, it is nice to know that a higher power that cares for me, a nurse, a counselor, and my doctor, all three working together to help me with pain management and my anxiety, are there for me. And now counting my medicines and trusting me to come home with medicine so that I don't have to show up Saturday and Sunday mornings and get my dad to drive me down there because I haven't bought a new car yet. And now he gets to go back to fishing on Saturdays and church on Sundays. So when I faced, he did too, he said. (laughs) And it's like the old saying that it's an old saying now. And it wouldn't be to you, but it is an old saying to us. He is one of the best Uber drivers in our family. And when I say that to somebody at the clinic, they're like, would he pick me up to bring me to the clinic? I'm like, he's not a real Uber driver. I said, don't you get the joke? (laughs) I said, he's the best Uber driver when it comes to driving his family around. Because we are a one-car family right now. Other than my brother, who has his own vehicle, but has it parked at the VA um, TA truck stop most of the time. 
because he drives an 18-wheeler flatbed and <laughs> travels all over the country and still makes it home on the weekends. So I know he comes home exhausted, but I am so proud of him. Everybody, my brother's name is Billy Hallow, and... You know, I'm not even going to give you his real full name because I just, uh, that's for his protection. But I will ask you that when you think about me and when I ask you to pray for me, pray for my brother too. Because he was a pizza delivery driver for between seven to nine years total, if you count having to go back to it after his divorce and still until he started training to get CDL because um, he's great when it comes to direction and he drove a, a stick most of his life and chose driving a stick because he loved it. And uh, these 18-wheelers today, they practically drive themselves. However, if you even so much as stall at a red light, you're fired. Because you could have just caused a six-car pileup. And he was third in his class to graduate at Shelton State Community College. And everybody else... <laughs> They didn't make it, and I couldn't believe it. It was a class of 60 people, and only three people made it. And by the way, within the first two months, one of the guys was already gone. He didn't leave the job, but they said, this job's not for you. I'm sorry you wasted your time choosing another major or, you know, go try to work for Mercedes or something. But you will never drive a truck for any company ever again. And I felt bad for the boy, but this job is not for everybody. And I knew that my brother would love it because, no, he doesn't like being alone all the time. However, he was eccentric as a teenager. And then when his wife worked and he had to stay at home before he worked for the airport in Atlanta for a while, um, when he did, he went from changing light bulbs and worked all the way up to, you know, driving the, uh, you know, the actual machinery, you know. Um, I can't think of what they're called right now, but you know what I'm talking about. Where they back up and put pick things up and stuff like that. And uh, he did very well on that job. But um, he failed. I'm going to go ahead and say he failed one drug test for marijuana. And he got fired from one area of the airport and got hired from another. And then... A guy told him, yes, my machinery's okay to drive. Well, the guy lied. And he wasn't trying to set my brother up, but he wanted to be able to go get other machinery that worked well, and he handed off to my brother, you know, knowing that there was some kind of problem with it, and that it was giving him trouble. And he did not warn my brother. 
So when my brother got on the machine, a forklift, that's what they're called. So when my brother got on the forklift, here was the problem. (laughs) It didn't go forward, it only backed up. And it was not the guy that handed off the machine to my brother that got in trouble. It was my brother. Because you are supposed to check, fully check the equipment handed off to you whether or not the guy tells you it's okay. Because you're not just supposed to take him at his word. But my brother had been there for almost a year and felt that he could trust the guy. And man, oh man. Did he learn his lesson? Never again, when working for a major company like that, to take another man's word. You got to do the paperwork. That's all there is to it. Because they took his fingerprints and more for the fact that it was an airport. So they had, even the FBI had to give him clearance for this job now. And before you could know it, before you knew it, there was ambulances, the CDC guys were coming in with alien suits on and everything, hosing everybody down because when the forklift didn't go forward and it backed up, of course, a sharp, jagged edge went straight into one of those big blue canisters and leaked a gas all over the place. And it was a gas that you could not hardly smell and couldn't hardly see. But when it was everywhere, then you could see it. Then you could smell it. And Billy said that they had it stripped naked and go through horrible cold water getting sprayed down and then they went through a process of being scrubbed down i mean his skin was beet red and then they had to go through going through hot water and washing themselves and then changing into company clothes wear which is almost like you know elastic scrubs that you put on with little um, hospital type of booties and protection for your hands and then they sent him home and he said do I still have a job and they said we will go over this it was I believe it happened on a Wednesday or Thursday I mean even a helicopter showed up it was a riot and it was on the news and this was uh, the downtown biggest Atlanta airport, so, um, you know, this was a big, big deal that could have been completely, you know, not a big deal had he just checked the machine before getting on it, and I promise you that will never happen again. Um, because the same goes for the 18 wheelers, you know. If he needs to borrow another man's truck, he is supposed to check it himself and make sure everything works before he takes off. Otherwise, if anything happens, it's completely his fault and he's out of there. Well, they decided on Monday, I'm sorry, but 
with all the news action and uh, headlines saying that um, we're not taking enough precautions for our workers here at the airport. They said that brings us bad, you know, juju, and we've got to let you go. And that truly could have been uh, the beginning of a good career for him. Because like I said, he went from changing light bulbs of the airport to doing that. And uh, he would have continued to go up money-wise and make a career out of it had he stayed. And um, I'm not trying to get too personal, but maybe his marriage could have been saved as well. Because... Losing that job caused him to get depressed, and Jamie, um, his wife at the time, worked at the airport and had her own office. She was kind of on top of the world with herself and bringing in most of the money in the household until her father helped Billy get on because he was retired from the airport. Well, you know... um, Billy delivered paper, I mean, I'm sorry, pizza for a little while and all that stuff. And finally, you know, him and Jamie weren't getting along and they said, call it quits. But that's enough about my brother. Fact is, is that I am so proud of him about what he is doing now. I'm so proud of me where I am at in my life because with Elvis dying... I mean, it could have taken a different turn. You know, my brother moving back home could have taken a different turn. But instead, both of us have gone through the challenges, came out the other side, and we've made better choices rather than use those excuses to make more mistakes and to let ourselves go and not get things done. And right now I just want to pay a tribute to that and say congratulations, my brother. You went through a bad thing of losing that career in Atlanta losing your wife and now you are a certified truck driver who graduated third in your class out of 60 people at Shelton State me I went from having a boyfriend that had a stroke and lost him because he didn't want to stay with me after it because he could only blink once for yes and two for no And I loved him very much. And we were planning on getting married one day. And the next person that I ever allowed into my heart was, of course, Elvis Watley, who impregnated me and I had a miscarriage. Not even within, it was in the same three weeks that I lost him, September 5th. And... I have come out the other side and I could have gone and relapsed on drugs 
I could have gotten in a car with a guy and stayed gone for a few weeks without calling mom and dad and left my kids at home and turned my phone off and gotten drunk and partied and to escape instead of dealing or grieving Elvis's death and instead I stayed right here with my children I kept going to the methadone clinic dosing every day even though I was hurting so bad inside I kept telling myself there's got to be something good that has to come out of this because I don't know how much longer I can take of having to go through hard times in my life. And I said, God, show me the way. And he said, well, heads up, baby girl. Keep your eyes open and be aware of your surroundings. Meaning, keep away from mm -hmm. the people that you don't need to hang around. Keep away from the people that you don't need to be talking to. Focus on grieving for your fiancé's death. And remember that you will see him in heaven again one day. Including that beautiful baby boy that you lost. And remember the two children, the two beautiful children that aren't quite so children anymore because Nevaeh's 16 now and Brayden's going on 14 now and we're choosing colleges and talking about colleges with Nevaeh because she will be a senior next year. So I have to remember them. But I got my time to grieve. And I will miss him every day. But the grievance part is almost over. And because I made it through without relapsing, because I made it through without running away from my problems and sticking around and solving them and staying by my family's side, and because of their support, I made it. I got my take-homes. I gained trust from my family, from my doctors, from my friends. And it's a beautiful day. What more can you want? Oh, wait, I've got one more. I want President Trump to be the President of the United States of America. Hallelujah! And if you're not voting for Trump, like I said, no judgments, okay? But I truly believe that the Democrats will do whatever they have to do. Even... Old guys on the Senate will probably have their dead father's vote for Biden, okay? I truly believe that. And then people that voted different names in the mail 
will go and try to vote in line again using the same names. Which is why a lot of votes, like in Milwaukee, are having to be recounted. But we still don't know how fair the counts are going to come out. My dad has had his high hopes, and so have I, and my mom included, and we've been saying Trump's going to win by a landslide. But because we don't trust the government, just as Donald Trump doesn't even trust the government, we know how Satan works, and we know that the Democrats are trying to do everything to crush Donald Trump. We've got to take a spiritual stand and fight. So let's fight and pray together as Christians that this man gets another four years. If you don't like his personality, if you think he's big-headed and a billionaire and just another Arnold Schwarzenegger that just wants to go from being a famous person to a man in power like the way Arnold Schwarzenegger became governor of California, fine. But do you want him or do you want Joe Biden for F's sake? Come on now. Vote for who you know is the right man to be president because Donald Trump only wants what's good for this country. He's not a pedophile. And if he's made mistakes in the past, who gives a damn? We've all made mistakes. Did we... Toss other presidents for making mistakes. Nope. Not the ones that we should have. Bill Clinton got to stay president. Obama couldn't prove that he was from America. And he served as president. <sighs> Lord, Lord, Lord. I'm telling you right now that with it's in the air. And if you can't feel it, if you can't feel that we are close to the end times, I almost feel sorry for you. My dad said, I'm moving out of America. The day that I find out that Donald Trump didn't win. And I believe him. And I, I am prepared to pick up all of our suitcases and put my kids and family on a plane and not tell anybody where we're going if he doesn't win. And you might say, well... <laughs> That is blowing things way out of proportion. She is paranoid. I'm not one of those people who prep for the end times. I already know what's going to happen. 
But we are going to be here for some of it, Christians. So it's like I told my dad, don't run away just yet. Have some faith. God already knows who's going to win. It's all been predicted right there in the Bible. Tomorrow, I plan on doing another podcast. And I am going to have some scriptures ready to read to you. So be prepared. Because it's going to back up everything that I'm saying right now. That God, that I'm sorry, that God knew President Trump was going to win not just one term, but the second one as well. And he will be president. And that God will be sending his son Jesus Christ here. And the rapture will be happening very soon. And I am going to be talking about where in the Bible it says these things. And I'm going to give you specific places. You can even look it up to make sure that I am not wrong of the meaning of what the Bible is saying. And let me get this straight about the Bible, okay? Because, yes, you can read a scripture every single day, and it helps you out with different things. Yes, I needed to hear that scripture, she says, or he says. It helped me through this. And then maybe half a year later, they read that same scripture. And it helped them through another thing. But guess what, though? Here's something that I will never believe. The Bible does not change its meanings. Every single word for word in the Bible, the meanings stay exactly the same. You can't take it how you want it. You can't explain it the way that you see it. It only means one thing and one thing only, and that stands for every verse. Like I said, you can get something different from it, from the same verse over and over and over again. And God can use certain verses to reach out to you to help you for different situations. Every meaning remains the same for every single verse written in the Bible. And tomorrow we will talk about that. But this is Chelsea Hallow on foot of the cross. Father God, we pray right now. We stand up as Christians. Father God, we know who's supposed to become President of the United States of America And we thank you in the name of Jesus that nothing comes in the way of this happening. Not their whole plan for people to be able to send their ballots through the mail 
not for the bullcrap polls to show who's going to be president. I thank you, God, that they do it fair and just and that the people that try to vote twice somehow get caught and that they're only allowed to vote once and that the people that try to vote that are already dead and the ones that sign their names, I thank you, God, that they get caught and that those votes don't go through. I thank you, Father God, that fair is fair and that even the Democrats decide we want to prove to the world that we are not here to be fake and we want to win or not win in an honest manner. And I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ that you protect those ballots, Father God. For everyone that voted for Donald Trump, I thank you, Father God, because I already know anyone that voted for Donald Trump, not a single person tried to cheat. But I know a lot of Democrats did. And I thank you, Father God, that some way, somehow, it gets carefully looked at. And that whatever the reason that caused them to be able to vote twice or for the dead to vote when they've been dead for years, I thank you, God, that they get caught and that those votes do not cause Donald Trump to not become president this year in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to me today. I have a busy schedule, and I know that there's so much that we could talk about. But take care of your family. Focus on what's happening right now because there is so much happening. Like I said, I feel it in the air. The air is changing. The seasons are shifting. And God is watching down. And he is at war with Satan right now. There is a spiritual battle going on in the United States of America. And it's up to us as Christians to pray and make sure that it gets done right. So if you don't do your part, you have failed as a Christian, my friend. So let's do our part. Because when I had to make those conversions, commercials and say let's change America one vote at a time the Democrats weren't listening to me when I said that they've cheated in every way that they could so now it's up to us to pray that they don't get away with it 
and that just like we knew would happen, Donald Trump wins by a landslide. Thanks for listening to Foot of the Cross. And don't forget about the Bible study we'll be having tomorrow. Thank you for listening. God bless. And have a wonderful weekend. Take care of your family. Take care of yourself. And remember to put God first. God bless everybody. Have a wonderful day.